This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. Hi, this is Rob Bartlett, one of the original hosts of WWF Monday Night Raw and one of the top 10 worst wrestling announcers in history. You're listening to the Monday Night Project. Here's your host, Luke Jennings. Hello again wrestling fans and welcome to another episode here of the Monday Night Project. I am your host as always Mr Luke Jennings here to bring you our weekly look at Monday Night Raw from back in the day. As we record this we are two days away from the uh, 30th anniversary Raw coming out so hopefully you'll be listening to this in the afternoon and then watching the 30th anniversary edition of Monday Night Raw. I'm sure there'll be some nostalgia there for our uh, old school wrestling fans. Also this is the first time of recording a podcast since the untimely death of the late great Jay Briscoe. There will be by the time you listen to this, there should be a Jay Briscoe uh, tribute episode coming up. We're going to watch a couple of matches of his. We're going to be we we would have watched uh, he versus G- Samoa Joe, and then him and Mark teaming up against Shinsuke Nakamura and Kazuchi Okada. Um, there's going to be some. Um, promos inset in there as well and all sorts so that will be a jay briscoe tribute episode which should be should have been available to you over the weekend so please do not forget to follow us on twitter at memphis cast that is the whole uh kit and caboodle memphis and monday night raw and also follow the uh, network over on uh, twitter at ptb and wrestling there has been a couple of new shows added to the network uh, one of which was the Nation Invasion, where uh, James um, takes a look back at the uh, notorious invasion angle from back in the early 2000s. That started this week. There was, I'm pretty sure there was another show as well that came up, but there's some great shows. There's PTBN's main event, there's Through the Looking Glass, there is YouTube Roulette, Place to Be Podcast. There is also the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, hosted by yours truly, the NWA Saturday Special, Highway to the Impact Zone, Extreme Resurrection, and many other great shows. There is also the North-South Connection, which is our sister network. They also have a variety of wrestling shows and uh, other sort of uh, lifestyle shows, I guess you'd say. This week we are covering the 9th of August. 1993, two days after my seventh birthday. Last week on Raw, we saw the Steiners dominate, more Lex Luger promos, two Macho Mans, and the debut of greatness. What else is happening in the wrestling world? I hear you ask. Well, let's take a look-see-loo. Uh, this weekend on WWF Superstars, we saw the last ever WWF Tito Santana match. So that is a, a sad day in wrestling history. He has been here since on and off. Since the 70s, I believe. He was a mainstay from like 83 all the way to 93. Uh, being Intercontinental Champion, Tag Champion with Rick Martel, uh, El Matador. He had uh, a very a very uh, storied career in the WWF. And uh, I, for one, as a youngster, was a big fan of Tito Santana. Elsewhere in the wrestling world, New Japan Pro Wrestling, excuse me, are currently holding their... G1 Climax Tournament. They're doing their uh, summer tour. They have got the likes of... uh, Well, Pegasus going up against Tiger Mask 3. IWGP Tag Team Champions, the the Hellraisers, sorry. Road Warrior Hawk and Power Warrior Sasiki going up against the Nasty Boys. Um, That was on the 3rd. On the 4th, there is uh, Keiji Muto beating Great Kabuki. There is Jushin Liger defeating Shinji, Shinjari 
Otani. I do apologize for my pronunciations. Quick plug, if you want to listen to someone absolutely roll off Japanese names and absolutely roll off Mexican names, Between the Sheets with Chris Zellner and David Bixpan. Uh, great podcast. It's out every Monday. They look at that week in history so this part this coming today you'll hear the episode where they're covering this week in 1996 last week they covered 1999 week before they covered 1995 uh they do it they have a patreon their episodes are out each and every monday and they range from four and a half to six and a half hours long they cover wf they cover wcw they cover japan mexico ecw they basically uh they read between the sheets. They they use the Meltzer um, sheets. They use Wade Keller. I don't know if they use Scott Keith or anything like that, but they use the main guys, the Torch and the Observer, and they basically uh, read through it, and they go, yeah, this happened. Yeah, that happened. Oh, no, that didn't happen. Blah, 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 blah. Because obviously now, in hindsight, we now know that such and such was rumoured to be signing. I think they, they did on 1995. In January 1995, it was rumoured by Dave Meltzer that Dusty Rhodes was going to sign to the WWF. Obviously, he didn't. But, you know, that's that's what they do. So if you, if you want to hear someone absolutely just run off Japanese and Spanish names with absolute accuracy, I highly recommend uh, Between the Sheets with Chris Zellner and David Bixenspan. And also, Chris Zellner sounds the spit of, like, a young JR who's just got that... Oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> also on that uh, tour, on the 5th, we had new IWGP Tag Team Champions, the Jurassic Powers, Scott Norton and Hercules Hernandez defeated the Hellraisers. We also saw Keiji Muto beating Super Strong Style. Another uh, side note, uh, when you hear this yesterday, when you hear this on Monday, yesterday was um, Great Muto's final match. He teamed with Darby Allen and Sting, and they were against... I can't remember who they're against. One of them is Hakushi or Jinsei, Jinsei Shinzaki. Um, they're teaming up in a six-man tag in Noah. Um, so that's. I think he's then got one more. I think he's got one more singles match in Noah. But basically, the Great Muta, um as of press time, the Great Muta's career has ended, and it has been a uh, fabulous career. One of my favourite all-time wrestlers ever. Be him Great Muta, be him Keiji Muto, be him whatever he's been um, he's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers and uh, he'll never hear this but Keiji Muto great Muto thank you very much uh, on the 6th of August um, once again they were running the sumo hall for four days so I don't know why five days uh, they ranged from seven and a half thousand to eleven and a half yeah, 11 and a half. Yeah, so on the 6th, uh, what happened? Barbarian and Haku were teaming up, and they were going up against the Nasty Boys. Um, Negro Casas and Wild Pegasus defeated Jushin Thunder Logan El Samurai. Yuji Nagata is there. Uh, Satoshi Kojima is there. Obviously, I'm guessing they're young boys as a, as in here, sort of 1993. Great Kabuki, Kengo Kimura, and Shiro Koshinaki defeated uh, Super Strong Machine, Hiro Sayito, and Takashi Ishikawa. Got that one. Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Keiji Muto. Uh, Hiroshi Hasei defeated Masachono on the 7th of August, so my 7th birthday in the ECW arena. Tony Stetson defeated Tommy Cairo to win the ECW Pennsylvania title. Back in Japan, the G1 Climax made its climax as Tatsumi Fujinami defeated Hasei in the finals. Uh, Jurassic Powers beat the Barbarian and Hakuba. That was a strong, uh, fucking hard-hitting couple of uh, match, couple of big guys just beating the uh, shizzle out of each other there. Uh, on the 8th, uh, WWC held its 20th anniversary show in Puerto Rico, during 12,000 people. It's all the Bushwhackers defeating the Warlord and Mr. Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> what a match! What a match! Medusa beat uh, Luna Vashon. Dusty Wolf and Mohamed Hussan defeated Jose Luis Rivera and Mike Anthony. Johnny Ace beat Doink. Don Cravat beat Lele. Hercules Ayalea battled Abdullah the Butcher to a double countout. Greg the Hammer Valentine beat Invader number one to win the vacant WWC Universal title. Carlos Cologne beat Terry Funk. And then back in Japan, we have another show where. 
Nothing really major happened. Jushin Tundaloga defended the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, defeating Wild Pegasus. The Nasty Boys defeated Super Strong Machine and Hiro Soyuto. Eddie Guerrero defeated Shinji Otani. Uh, the Jurassic Powers beat the Hellraisers by disqualification. Tenaru defeated Hashimoto. And that is about it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. Uh, WCW are in the build-up to the Clash of Champions August edition. I haven't got that page open at the minute. But um, I think I've waffled on enough. So without further ado, let's head down to ringside and see what we've got on this week's episode. Uh, we are not live. We are still in the Alexandra Bay Arena. We're not going to be live until next week is live. Uh, so without further ado, let's head back down to Monday Night Raw to see what they've got for us this week on episode 8 of the Monday Night Project. The Lux Express continues to roll, continues to roll through the Midwest, out to Chicago, out to Comiskey Park. Lex Luger with a conversation with Tim Raines. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to Monday Night Raw. We've got the advertised match that was a big advertisement last week, big uh, video package, if you will. Tatanka going up against Mr. Hughes, which by the sounds of it, we are getting first. I've stopped it, I've stopped the video <laughs> on a very funny video. I shall take that picture now, and that'll be on my social media. Also, we've got the Macho Midget, is uh, he debuted last week. And he is teaming up with the Bushwhackers in a six-man tag. We've also got the debut of the Heavenly Bodies. We had Jim Cornette last week. He issued a challenge to the Steiner Brothers for their SummerSlam tag, uh, tag team title match. The Steiner Brothers put out an open challenge. Jim Cornette has come and answered that challenge. So, uh, yes, without further ado, let's head down to our, uh, some would say, our main event. Because they advertise it so well. Tatanka versus Mr. Hughes. Yeah. So Mr. Hughes already in the ring. Tim White as our referee. Mr. Hughes has still got the um, still got the urn that he stole from the Undertaker, but he isn't facing the Undertaker at SummerSlam. Joint Gonzalez is. It's all very bizarre. Mr. Hughes wearing his uh, shirt and uh, trousers, looking very dapper in the ring. Crowd with their uh, foam tomahawks. Cheering on the Native American Tatanka. Tatanka is wearing his uh, blue trunks with his uh, Indian, his first person's uh, apparel on him. We are here in the Alexander Bay Arena in New York State. It's not a full, it's not a full house, that's for sure. Leapfrog boy. To oh no! Botchamania, brother. 
Tatanka did a uh, leapfrog. Mr. Hughes caught him with his head in the uh, lower groin area, but Tatanka is back up. Timmy White is in uh, as like we said, as our referee with his bow tie. Here comes someone putting a reef to the outside. Who is that? Oh, that looked like an agent, it like Strongbow or something. You can see the ceiling, you can see the Oka Pro ad, uh, banner. We've got a neon entranceway. This is... This is 1993. <laughs> Mr. Hughes working over to Tunker in the corner. Irish whip, corner to corner. Oh, follows him in. Misses. So schoolboy by Tunker. One, two, two count. Classic Vince McMahon uh, commentary. One, two, he's got him. No. What a manoeuvre. Oh, Mr. Hughes taking those uh, sh taking those chops from Tatanka. The undefeated, the undefeated Native American Tatanka. Irish whip now by Hughes. Ducks, Tatanka ducks the clothesline. High crossbody. One, two, kick out. Tatanka shoulder tackle. Sloppy clothesline by Hughes. Mr. Hughes, once again, Mr. Hughes' glasses do not come off. Managing both men. Well, there's a good chance then at SummerSlam you're going to see Mr. Hughes. He owns the urn. He keeps the urn. Wait a minute. He owns the urn? Yes, he owns the urn. Possession's nine tenths of the law. Temporarily. R.I.P. Dig it. Well, it's going to take a lot more than sending a bunch of posies to Mr. Hughes to upset him, to maybe r ruffle his feathers. He's he's tearing that wreath apart every time one's mailed him, just like he's going to take the Undertaker apart. Tatanka now on his knees trying to get up here, but he can't. Mr. Hughes dominating him at this precise moment. Irish whip, this is probably not going to go well. Close line by Mr. Hughes. Crowd, uh, Harvey Whipplesman's not here for some reason. He is the manager of Mr. Hughes, but I don't know where he is. We will continue after this break. Two titles are on the line when Budweiser presents USA Tuesday Night Fight tomorrow at 9. We're back with more Monday Night Raw. Headbirds have been cut. They were last week as well. I'm not entirely sure why. Mr. Hughes in control here. Twisting the neck of Tatanka. Timmy White down there checking. Making sure he doesn't want to give up. Oh, Harvey Whippleman is there. Harvey Whippleman is there. He's got his fingers in his ears. He can't stand to hear the booze. Vince is just saying that Tatanka and the Smoking Guns are going to be teaming up at SummerSlam to go against Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers. Oh, Mr. Hughes misses the avalanche in the corner. He went headfirst into the ring post. He's down. Oh, big chop by Tatanka. Big chop. And again. Mr. Hughes' glasses are off. Mr. Hughes' glasses are off. He's lost his powers. Tatanka on the uh, on the go. Off the ropes. Big chop. Off the ropes. Off the ropes. Shoulder tackle. Mr. Hughes is down. Mr. Hughes is down. Crowd are going bananas here for Tatanka. Tatanka now off the ropes. And Mr. Hughes throws us over the top rope. Uses his momentum and throws him. Mr. Hughes has no glasses now. This is the first time he's ever been seen without glasses. He's fallen asleep on the job now, Hughes. Mr. Hughes on the outside. Slams Tatanka on the outside. Timmy White now with a count. Oh, back first into the apron. And... Oh, back body drop by Tatanka. Tatanka's in, Tatanka's in, Tatanka's in. Tatanka wins by count out. Tatanka just beat the count. Following that back body drop. The winner of this match, a very sweaty Tatanka. 
Tonka actually won this match. So this result of the count. Oh, wait a minute. Let's stay with this. What is? What's Harvey Wilman doing? Look, wait a minute. It, you can see what's happening here. Harvey Wilman is distracting Tonka, coming in from behind Mr. Hughes. He is Mr. Hughes with the hern, with the urn even. Oh, smashes to Tonka across the back of the head with that urn. Or the hern, as I called it. Harvey Whippleman there uh, proved a distraction. So if Mr. Hughes could smash him upside the back of the head. You can see where he wears glasses. He is a ugly son of a gun, is Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes has seen the reef. Is he going to destroy the reef? He's got the reef now and he's going to smashes it to bits. Oh no. Taken to the ring. Is he going to use uh, Tatanka as a? Oh, breaks it and drops it over Tatanka. Disrespectful maneuver there by one Mr. Hughes. Raises the urn high above the Alexandra Bay Arena here in Alexandra Bay, New York. Tatanka's victory. Hughes, one day you're going to face The Undertaker, just like the eight-foot giant Gonzalez will at SummerSlam in about three weeks. Exactly. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. G.I. Joe! It's good versus evil, and this time the battle's bigger than ever! G.I. Joe figures and vehicles sold separately. In an effort to find out more about the character and background of the man who would be World Wrestling Federation champion at SummerSlam, here is Lex Luger. I chose football. Lex is now going to be, he's now talking about his college years. Confidence athletically. And boy, I was going to make it in pro football and be an all pro like we all dream. We all have aspirations. I think aspirations are great. But I learned a very uh, hard lesson very quickly in Rissa, Miami. And I, once again, wanted to be accepted and, and make friends. I got them with the wrong crowd, I guess, the wrong group who I thought were the cool guys to hang out with and be with and spend time with. And I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I paid for those mistakes. I ended up be, uh, getting in a lot of disciplinary problems at University of Miami. I was actually had to leave the team for disciplinary reasons. And boy, that was a time I think my, it's part of growing up and maturing, but I th at that time, there I was out of school, thought my life was falling apart before me. And that's the time when I really felt for the first time I had to be a man. Everybody has a lot of advice for you when uh, something like that happens, some good, some bad. But the overwhelming response was don't try to make a professional football at that age. There's no turning back once you try out with a pro team. And you just don't have the experience or the skill at this point in time to make it. And <laughs> if there's one thing about Alex Luger, if you tell him he can't do something, then that's exactly what I'm going to try to go do and do everything within my power to make it happen. I like to try to turn negative always into a positive. And I use that negativity as a motivational tool. And I went up to the Canadian Football League. And uh, at age 19, I made the team, ended up starting in the Great Cup, which is their equivalent to the Super Bowl my rookie year. And it was a, a tremendous thrill. Yeah, I ended up playing three years in the Canadian Football League. I uh, ended up playing two more years in the National Football League with Green Bay, and then the USFL formed, so never wanted to, uh, to stay in one place. I ended up uh, playing two more years in the United States Football League, being able to go back home to Florida, where uh, I played my college ball. And at the same time, uh, the disappointment my parents had in me having left Miami for disciplinary reasons, uh, I felt obligation, due to the way I was brought up, to go ahead and finish school in the off-seasons, which is what I did. And at that point then, I had another big decision to make because I always wanted to use football as a stepping stone. I never wanted to use it, have football use me. You know, I played for, I said I'd play for five years and get out. And here I was at the seven-year mark, and then once again, I'm at a decision point of my career. I've played two years longer than I planned on playing. 
Well, my parents, of course, had hoped and prayed that I'd finally get a real job, so to speak. And uh, I was lined up to go to Stetson down in Florida and go to graduate school to become an attorney. And lo and behold, not me, uh, I had to end up walking in uh, right then WrestleMania. It hit the airwaves and the sound waves in a big way. And everybody said, God, Lex, you'd be great for something like that. And uh, I walked into the office at Championship Wrestling in Florida, which at the time had been a real training ground for a lot of new wrestlers who wanted to uh, become wrestlers at the time. And three months later, I was in the ring wrestling. <laughs> Yokozuna, don't say Lex Luger won't defeat you because he probably will. He probably will be the next WWF champion at SummerSlam. Brains and Brock, an unbeatable combination. Luger graduating with a 3.78 grade point average. He earned that degree during the offseason, and you should know about Brains and Braun yourself, Randy Savage, because you're a former member of the National Honor Society. I got chills after hearing Lex Luger. He was so honest, man. That's the way to do it. Double thumbs up. If you're not bushwhacking at this precise moment, here's that music. You are not a wrestling fan, that is for sure. Macho Midget and the Bushwhackers teaming up. And they are going up against the Brooklyn Brawler, Blake Bivley and Little Louie. And that match will be after these adverts. So in the car, I shift to Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. It's got a cool, clean... Call Bay Cable Advertising in San Francisco today. Bay Cable Advertising, right on target. I'm guessing these are California, maybe, uh, feeds as they're talking about the Bay Area. Is it a six-man matchup or a four-and-a-half-man matchup? I mean, how do you figure this? What's that? Macho Midget is played by Tiger Jackson, a.k.a. Dink. Great to see the Bushwhackers here on Monday Night Raw. I think this is a Raw debut. I don't remember this. Uh, no, I think they were here back in January, I think. Um, you can listen to the uh, the back catalogue over at uh, our vantage point. They have the uh, Monday Night Raw. They did January to June, where we took over. Macho, macho Midget wearing a Macho mask. And uh, the uh, stars and spangled costume that he was wearing last week. Doing some dancing, some spinneroonies. Blake Beverly and the Brooklyn Brawler and Little Louie do not look impressed. Jacques and Pierre, the Quebecers, this Sunday on All American with my, uh, the guy that runs errands for me, Mean Gene Oakland. The Quebecers, who are they? When will we see them on Monday Night Raw? Pretty soon. So Luke is starting off with a Blake. Blake in his, uh, still in his Beverly Brothers attire, purple trousers, white boots. Luke in his uh, grey camouflage singlet black boots. Oh, Blake hits nothing but... Oh, he's biting his bottom. No, he is. He's biting his bottom. Brooklyn Brawler's in there. He's getting bitten. Little Louie's in there biting the Bushwhackers. Macho Midget is in there biting Little Louie. I think Little Louie is one of Jerry Lawler's midgets from the Survivor Series 1994. I think it's Queasy. He's, one of, he's either Queasy, Sleazy or Sneezy, whatever his name is. Drop kick by Macho Midget. Little Louie goes down and we are bush whacking in the ring. Earl Hepner's the referee. Earl Hepner's the referee, so... Christ. The Bushwhackers are still over with the crowd, which is good to see. They're still here, 1993. They're going to be here for another couple of years at least. I think they're here till definitely. They were definitely in the 1995 Royal Rumble. And we are in now with the little guys, Little Louie and Macho Midget. Shoved down by Little Louie. We're in a denim singlet. Shoved down again by Little Louie. Little Louie has got the height and weight advantage over the Macho Midget. Little Louie now with an Irish whip. Reversal by Macho Midget. Criss Cross now by both the guys. Criss Cross. 
Macho Midget stopping and having a breather. Little Louis still going. Still running the ropes. Still running the ropes. Still running the ropes. Still. Drop kick by Macho Midget. <laughs> Little Louis goes to the outside. In comes Butch and Blake. Irish right now by Blake, reversal by Luke. Is that Luke or Butch? It's Butch. Yeah, sorry, I know. I know. Fucking Vince didn't know. Irish right now by Butch. Oh, follows him in with a knee. Oh, smashes him headfirst into the canvas. Goes for the cover. Brooklyn Brawler. Ah, oh, Butch misses. Butch grabs the Brawler and Luke and Blake. This is very confusing. Are we going to get a double on Logan Locker? Boom! Meeting of the minds. Butch now with a arm puller. As Macho Midget comes running over. And little Louie goes running over Blake. And this is absolute chaos, ladies and gentlemen. So what you need, just what you need, a little bit of light entertainment in in wrestling. This is what the this is what the little guys are here for. A little bit of entertainment. Blake Beverly shouting at little Louie. Macho Midget now tagged in, which means little Louie needs to come in. Little Louie, Macho Midget circling. Go look in the eyes. Test of strength now. Kick by little Louie. Pins Macho Man. One. Oh. One. Two. Oh. One. Two. Little Louie breaks the pin. Chopped by Macho Man. Goes for the cover. One. Two. Kick out by little Louie. One. Two. <laughs> Earl Hepner is uh, helping Macho Man. Every time Little Louie was pressing him off him, Earl Hepner was catching him and then putting him back on top. Little Louie now arguing with uh, Earl Hepner. Earl Hepner's the same size as Little Louie on his knees. Oh, oh big chop there by Louie. Goes for the cover. One, two. Macho Man kicked him off and then Earl Hepner missed him. Butch is in there now, the brawler, Brooklyn Brawler, first time we've seen him. White t-shirt, denim jeans. Oh, he's down. Butch off the ropes. Clothesline. Clothesline to Blake. Butch is a house of fire. And Badangaram. We're going for double DDT now on the brawler. Double DDT on the brawler. They're going to turn him over. Nope, nope, nope. Don't cover him. Don't cover him. They want Macho Man to pin him. Bushwhackers put Macho Midget on the top rope. Macho Midget with a... Fox Splash. One, two, three. Macho Midget gets the pin in a match where only Midgets could wrestle Midgets. But, you know, everything was airtight, brother. Your winners, the Macho Midget and the Bushwhackers. It's time for some bushwhacking. I'm surprised he didn't use his finish hold. What's that? Small package. We're having fun on Monday Night Raw, but when we return, there's going to be some very serious business. Wendy, how's dinner coming? Dad, it's going to be another 20... Would you please welcome the reigning World Wrestling Federation champion? Here is Yokozuna! Fuji said he weighed 568 pounds that afternoon on the 
decrepit. But I believe he's closer to maybe 575, maybe 600. And look at the dignity, how he carries the belt. Wait a minute, what's going on here? What a crap! That's Jim Cornette! I told you, he's gonna set the WWF on fire! I've officially hired American spokesman, Mr. Jim Cornette. Wait a minute, let me understand. You're the official spokesperson for Yokozuna? Let me just explain one thing to all you people. You see, the people of Japan are the, are the leaders worldwide when it comes to industry, finance, commerce. They work harder. So you were, uh, Yuga Zuna, Mr. Fuji, Jim Cornette are in the ring, uh, Vince McMahon, Bobby Heenan, Randy Savage, also some officials, uh, Billy Red Lions, Dave Hepner, Jack Tunney, uh, there's a couple of others there that I saw, I think Rene Goulet, all for this uh, official contract signing. This is obviously the debut of Jim Cornette being Yuga Zuna's um, American spokesman. This would last... He managed... Uh, he managed Yokozuna to early 1996, so this is a sort of a two and a half year managerial. Who else is there? Oh, Tony Guerrero, Vance. I think Pat's in there. Some other guy as well. Billy Red Lions. Yeah, there's a couple of other agents in there. Yeah, Pat's there. Mr. Fuji in the ring, waving the Japanese flag. Lex Luger, all suited and booted. I don't understand why Bobby Heenan and Randy Savage are in. I guess they were like impartial viewers of the uh, contract signing, I guess. Please be fucking seated. Gentlemen, if you would please be seated. Mr. Luger. I think Bruce is in there as well. Is it Bruce? Jim Cornette and Bobby Heenan having a little chat. We're now going to get the uh, contract signing. They're sitting at a table. Yugazuna is not taking his eyes off Lex Luger. Jim Cornette is just going around there. 
official contract affirming your participation in the title match at SummerSlam. Yosh. You can just still hasn't taken his eyes. He just it just took his eyes off Lex to sign the piece of paper. But he's now back locked on Lex Luger. Crowd obviously fully behind Lex Luger, as you can imagine. We have uh, Dan Dubiel, white singlet, white boots, going up against Razor Ramon. Black tights with their yellow razors, black boots. Uzun Machismo is Razor Ramon. Bill Alfonso is our referee. Razor Ramon heading into SummerSlam to go up against uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiossi. We've been having a little mini feud over, uh, basically over the 1-2-3 kid. 
Razor Ramon pushes Dan Dubiel into the corner. Oh, big forearm smash. And a chop. And hip toss. Jesus Christ, and he hip tossed him on his ass. Razor Ramon now slowly goes over. Picks up Dan Dubiel. Irish whip. Oh, Dubiel ducks the clothesline and went for a high cross body but gets caught by Razor and it's time to take out the trash. Razor Man goes over and stumps on Dubiel. Picks up Dubiel. Abdominal stretch now by the bad guy. Alfonso in there making sure Dubiel doesn't give up. He's in there asking him. Razor grabs the uh, grabs the trailing leg, adding a bit of leverage. Razor Ramon still technically a a heel, but he is on the turn for sure. He definitely, in the next couple of weeks, will be a a good bad guy, if you know what I mean. Picks up Dubiel. Puts him in the top turnbuckle, facing backwards. Razor goes up behind him. And there's only one way. Down! Back suplex. Razor Ramon signals for the race's edge. Dubiel is down, he hasn't moved. He's a big guy as well. Razor Ramon setting up for the race's edge. And he's up. And Dubiel is... Waiting there. Down! Razor Ramon goes for the cover. Hooks the leg. One, two, three. Your winner, Jareza Ramon, Chico. Razor Ramon, the bad guy. The face, Ted DiBiase. In three weeks' time, let's take you to the SummerSlam report. America. This SummerSlam report brought to you by Chevrolet and tough Chevy trucks. Tough like a rock. Only three weeks from tonight at the Palace of Auburn Hills, just outside of Detroit, it's SummerSlam. Monday, August 30th at 8 Eastern. And if you can't join us in the Motor City, contact the cable company you're watching right now and plan to join us live on pay-per-view. That main event is sure starting to look different. Just in the last half hour alone, we've learned that James E. Cornette has become the official American spokesman for Yokozuna. And during the contract signing, Cornette's business acumen became apparent with the stipulation that Lex Luger would only get this one shot at the World Wrestling Federation champion. This, of course, adding to the excitement of this summer spectacular. The king of the ring, Bret Hart, beats the self-proclaimed king, Jerry Lawler. This thing has gotten personal, if for no other reason than Lawler verbally insulting Bret Hart's mom and dad right here on Monday Night Raw a couple of weeks ago. In the rest in peace match, The Undertaker, oh my, he's going to be meeting the eight-foot-tall Giant Gonzalez. And here's one that could be the greatest intercontinental title match ever. Champion Shawn Michaels with bodyguard Diesel in his corner meets two-time former Intercontinental Champion Mr. Perfect. Can Perfect make it a three-peat? This and, of course, the other great matches you heard about right here on Monday Night Raw. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's only three weeks from tonight. If you can't join us in Detroit, contact the cable company you're watching right now regarding pay-per-view availability. And then get ready one way or another to join us Monday night, August 30th, for SummerSlam. Hey Vince, do I hear a little commotion? What's going on? Back to you. Always commotion here with the heavenly bodies. Take a look at it. Hey, get that camera out of my business. If you want to know what the heavenly bodies are about, then you just stay tuned, because after this break, they're going to show you in person. Now get out of here. We'll be back with the heavenly bodies on Monday Night Raw. Seth. Call anytime. 1-800-247-7800. DeVry, we're serious about success. We're back with more Monday Night Raw. Thimus Clarity's in the ring along with James E. Cornette. Wake up, wake up, rise and shine, ladies and gentlemen. Here they are. They're the object of every American woman's lust. They are the doctor of desire, Dr. Tom Pritchard.
making their debut here in the World Wrestling Federation. You recall Bobby Heenan just last week, Cornette had the unmitigated call to challenge the Steiner brothers to put the title on the line against the Heavenly Body. And here he is, the man who's full of surprises, the shiny light of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Mr. Jim Cornette. Uh, he's full of surprises, all right. He's full of something else, some shish kebab or something. Nonetheless, Jim Cornette, the alleged shining light of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the Heavenly Bodies have their own problems in the Smoky Mountain area with the Armstrong family. As a matter of fact, um, what was this about the last Saturday night uh, in Beckley, West Virginia? Cornette had his own personal problems. Well, that's not a not a real big personal problem. Jim Cornette, sorry, uh, <coughs> Vince McMahon putting over Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which is very nice of him. Heavenly Bodies, Jimmy Del Rey, Tom Pritchard are here debuting. And they are going up against Bobby Who, Who, and Mike Bucci, who some of you may know in later years to be a Nova, or Supernova, or Simon Dean. Uh, he is uh, he is here in an enhancement role. Dr. Tom Pritchard starting off for his team. This is the second incarnation of the Heavenly Bodies. The first one that starred in Smoky Mountain Wrestling was Tom Pritchard and Stan Lane. And then Stan, I don't know what happened with Stan. I don't know if he retired. I think he retired. And then Jimmy Del Rey, who was wrestling in Florida as Jimmy Backland, came in. And the, uh, the gigolo is here. And he's now in the match legally. Just gave Bobby Who a big old karate kick to the back of the head. Bobby Who, uh, black and blue singlet white boots. The Heavenly Bodies are wearing uh, black chunks, black boots. With like stars and stuff on them because obviously they're heavenly Jiglo Jimmy Del Rey throwing who into the corner who tags in Mike Bucci Mike Bucci red and white singlet red boots calling over a tie up side headlock by Bucci oh forearm shot by Del Rey forearm shot pushes Bucci into the corner oh big chop by Del Rey Timmy White the referee reversal of the Irish shot by Bucci and over DDT. What a DDT there by Del Rey. Tags in Tom Pritchard, mullet and all. Irish whip now by Del Rey. Tom Pritchard in. Uh, Sidewinder. Oh, knee to the chest. Lovely double team manoeuvre there by the Heavenly Bodies. Big chop by Pritchard. Tag back into Del Rey. Irish whip now by Pritchard. Double kicks. Oh, Bucci went down a bit too quick there. Going up for a double suplexa by the Heavenly Bodies. Del Rey. Oh, crashed. <coughs> Bobby Who came in for some reason and got took down. Jimmy Del Rey off the top rope. Moonsault. One, two, three. Your winners are the Heavenly Bodies. And listen to that entrance music. Very underrated entrance music. You don't want anything to do with the Heavenly Bodies. I'm impressed with the Heavenly Bodies, but I'm more impressed with the Steiner Brothers, and I believe they will accept the challenge in their own hometown of Motown. Look at this. Bigelow, Jimmy Del Rey, the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard, led by, yes, the man full of surprises, James E. Cornette, the official spokesperson for the WWF champion Yokozuna, and perhaps the manager of the next tag team champions, the Heavenly Bodies. Who knows what's going to happen here in the WWF? A very impressive debut on the part of the Heavenly Bodies. Wait a minute, what's going on here? Let's go back up the ringside now. Now let me just say this. I'm sick and tired of my challenges being ignored. Steiner Brothers, you're the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, but you're not the best tag team in the world. We are the Heavenly Bodies, and we want those tag team belts to prove it. And you're a bunch of yellow stinking cowards if you don't answer our challenge. Come here, Baldy. And why don't you people get a job or something instead of hanging around freeloading? <laughs> James E. Cornette at his best. Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
Jurassic Park, where the giant dinosaurs live again with all the excitement of the movie. Look for the JP mark only at Jurassic Park. Swing into action against razor-winged, bolt-firing spider slayers in the all-new Spider-Man 3, Invasion of the Spider Slayers for Game Boy from LJN. Well, there's no question that Jim Cornette and the Heavenly Bodies trying to make some sort of uh, name for themselves, some sort of record, if you would. But speaking of records, that would take us to WrestleMania, the album. For your listening pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, in just a moment. What is it? My video, right? When I get nope. the thing. No, Mr. Heenan, you, uh, you're, not, you're not on the album. Not even the close. Album. Not even close. But right now, let's take you to the world premiere of the Macho Man video, and let's all say, oh, yeah. I'm not on it. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, ooh, yeah. Get down. The rest of the group doesn't. Dead husband. Jane Seymour. Praying Mantis on USA. Wednesday night at 9. Brace yourself for an event of epic proportions. Hacksaw Jim Duggan battles WWF champion Yokozuna. A rematch of their first and brutal encounter. Tag team champions the Snyder Brothers take on Money Incorporated. A war inside a steel cage for the title. Before the showdown in Motown comes the SummerSlam Spectacular. Sunday night, August 22nd on USA. We will all look forward to the SummerSlam special right here on USA. Sunday night, August the 22nd with an 8 p.m. kickoff. What about the matchup? Hacksaw Jim Duggan scoring off against Yokozuna. The title is not up for grabs, but certainly the pride of America and the pride of Duggan is. Absolutely, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan's going to wear him out for Lex Luger. Dig it. And then the title will be up for grabs as Money Incorporated gets it on with the tag team champion Steiners in a steel cage. Well, you're going to see Steiners flying out. You're going to see Steiners hitting the ceiling. You're going to see Steiners all over the place. But you're going to see new WWF tag team champions. Money. And if you think that's going to be good for SummerSlam at the SummerSlam special, what about next week right here? 
We'll have a special interview with the eight-foot tall giant John Collins, the man who faces the Undertaker at SummerSlam. And he'll be here, Ludwig Borga. Good action, men on a mission. Hold on tight for me, Belmontador, and the rematch. The one, two, three, kid, against the Million Dollar Man. All that and a great deal more will happen right here on Monday Night Raw. So they said, ladies and gentlemen, we've got an action-packed card next week. They said about El Matador, but with the results that I read from the weekend, he had his last match. So, <clears throat> obviously this is, but next week is live, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, but anywho, so we may be seeing Tito Santana. Um, we're also going to get an interview by Giant Gonzalez. Oh my God, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> but we're going to be seeing Ludwig Borg at Men on a Mission and much more action. And then in two weeks, we will be covering... The Summer Slam Spectacular, and then in the in, so in three weeks, the week after that, in three weeks, we will be covering three matches from Summer Slam. We're going to be covering the Intercontinental Title Match, Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect, the Tag Team Title Match, the Stunner Brothers versus the Heavenly Bodies, and the World Title Match, Lex Luger and Yokozuna. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your continued support each and every week here on the Place to Be a Wrestling Network. I have been your host, Mr. Luke Jennings. Please do not forget to follow us on Twitter at MemphisCast. Please do not to give. Please do not forget to give the um, other show a, a listen, Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, where we do this, but we do it in Memphis, and we are in 1982. We are in the middle of our. Um, well, we've just started our uh, four-week megasode um, episodes. Where we're covering um, a lot of time in um, the videos. Have got they've got they've gone from being week to week to like four or five weeks in one for a few weeks. Um, so you can listen to that here uh, as well as any other good podcast supplier. Simply search Memphis Content and Wrestling Cast. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is no way affiliated with the WWE. Their views and my views are our own. And until next time. An old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day Upon a ridge he rested as he went along his way when all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw Plowing through the ragged skies And up a cloudy draw Their brands were still on fire and their hooves were made of steel Their horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel a bolt of fear went through him as they thundered through the sky For he saw the riders coming hard And he heard their mournful cry Yippee-i-o the i Ghost riders in the sky Their eyes were blurred, their shirts all soaked with sweat He's riding hard to catch that herd, but he ain't caught them yet Cause they've got to ride forever on that range up in the sky All the horses snorting fire As they ride on, hear their cry Riders loped on by him, he heard one call his name. If you want to save your soul from hell riding on our range, then cowboy, change your ways. They are with us, you will ride. Trying to catch the devil's herd across these endless skies. Yippee, I.